1: To have a fantastic uh, weekend is the word that I was looking for. Andy is here. He's in for Slee again today. we got an Ask Andy coming up in about 45 minutes from right now. And look, I'm not discouraging people from sending in more Ask Andys because more are better. We're pretty good shape right now. With 45 minutes to go, we're in pretty good shape with Ask Andy.
2: Some nice contenders, but as Travis said, you want to knock one of them off their perch, go for
1: it. Absolutely, absolutely. If you want to call, you can do that as well, 877-710-3776. Funchy is in here with us again today. He's been filling in for M all week, doing a great job. Brian, good morning to you. Good morning. You guys got got good weekend plans you got anything going Andy
2: we might try to do a Barbie matinee this weekend me my wife and my daughter okay so that could be on the agenda my 12 year old is a little young for Oppenheimer so we're not gonna do a Barbenheimer
1: <laughs> she doesn't want to go through the the history of atomic weapons at 12 years old <laughs> she doesn't want to six hours at the movie theater that's now? that's actually
2: yes. the thing like okay. my my daughter is very much of her generation when it comes to attention span. She needs it in bite-sized presentations. Like, she will watch, she loves the show King of the Hill. She's discovered King of the Hill. She watches the Hulu uh, reruns all the time. She can watch a marathon of King of the Hill, zero problems, three hours will have gone by and she'll realize, oh, I've been watching this this whole time, (laughs) but that's half-hour stories. They're perfect for Sitting through a three-hour movie, she has said it's tough. Like, she, re- she recently did it. Uh, I showed her The Dark Knight. The, okay. The, that is a long movie. It's very a, good, but she, very long. She loved it. Okay. Absolutely loved it. Got really, really into it. But I think that's in part because she knows Heath Ledger's Joker through the memes. Oh, okay. And stuff like that, so she's already had some kind of interest in him. Sure. Even movies she likes, unless they're some of her all-time favorites... And then I think some of the all-time favorites she has memorized she can also not pay attention to as much. <laughs> it's wallpaper. It's tough for her to
1: sit through two and a half, three hours. Barbie's under two. Barbie, yeah, we found out yesterday Barbie's like 150-something. Yep. So it's yep. in that perfect little sweet yep. spot as far as running time goes. Uh, you said your daughter's 12. Yep. Is she a Barbie kid? You know what?
2: Not really. Okay. She she had Barbies when she was little, but she never treated them like barbie she treated them just like dolls like gi joe <laughs> they might as well have been gi joe like she would she all she would do with whatever dolls she had and this would include like animal figurines and stuff like that she would just assemble them all together and basically act out these long, elaborate plays and stories. Okay, and and it would go on for like. Would Barbie always have the lead, or would she be in a supporting role Bar- occasionally? Barbie was never Barbie in any oh, of these. Okay. Like Barbie could have been like Jan.
0: <laughs> like I mean,
1: Barbie. Marsha, Marsha,
2: Marsha. I mean, for real. Like it, it. It had nothing to do with actually Barbie. They were just sort of figurines
1: okay. that she, that she liked. She's never been particularly into Barbie. I don't know what so the Barbie thing is interesting to me because I have a daughter as well. She's 20 now. So but, but we never had a Barbie phase in our house. Like she she had a very brief doll phase, but it was very very small. So I have no like personal experience with the toy itself. I listened to the Daily this morning on my way in and it was about the Barbie movie. Right. Not going to lie more interested now than i was prior to listening to that i'm t- i think it looks great i think it looks really
2: funny it looks different the early reception to it is phenomenal
1: is it yeah it, it yeah i haven't heard i haven't heard anybody go uh this sucks i know i, I haven't heard
2: that i know a couple of people who have seen it they loved it the reviews have all been fantastic i think the trailers look really funny and again it looks really different it looks very clever
1: I think with all of that information, I still will not see it. No, <laughs> well, of course you won't see it. You're not going to see it. I think that, and it's even one of those things that when it shows up, and it's weird because it'll probably be on a stream or what in a couple months, tops, probably yeah. less than that. That these things cycle through so quickly now, I don't even know if it's a little. Hey, you know, let me start this to see if it catches my my eye. I I don't. I just I don't have the wherewithal anymore, Andy. I just I just don't. I need to be invested before I've even seen it to kind of sucked well we talked about this yesterday travis you are not the target audience it doesn't mean that you can't like it right but
2: they're not seeking out you like you're not one of their four quadrants
1: but who is the the is it is it girls that played with barbies i think that the audience i
2: think it's women in general okay is a big time quadrant just in general because it's it is about i believe more than just barbie i think there's a lot of Statement about just being a woman in society. Period. A woman culturally, stuff like that. I think one of the quadrants is people who like comedies. Okay, because it. it I like those. Yeah, it looks very funny. Ryan Gosling as Ken. That hair is pretty great. He's really (laughs) underrated at comedy. Period. Like, have you ever seen the movie The Nice Guys? No. It is great
0: movie. It's so great movie. Really,
2: it's it's a Shane Black movie. Like a lot of his movies got you know a couple private investigators, mismatched guys. It's him and Russell Crowe. Okay. <laughs> They're so great together. Really? It's really funny. Shane Black, for people who don't know, he wrote like Lethal Weapon. He wrote The Last Boy Scout. Okay. Uh, it, it's I liked those movies. It's really, really funny. What's it called? Uh, the Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. All right, it's, it's, it's got to it, be on a stream or something. It yeah, was uh, like yeah. a buddy cop movie. but It, yeah, it but is really. a buddy cop movie. Okay, it's, cool. it's set in the 70s.
1: Um, it's really good. And Gosling is hilarious in it he i am trying to think what i know i know him from uh la la land right and that might be it the notebook didn't see it what I, no, I, I, no, your only, wife didn't make you see that no she she, she we, knows better our, our movie crossovers <laughs> are, are fairly non-existent than we do but i like la la land he was good in that i'm trying to think what else i've seen him in. i don't he was I, in the I big know- short he was in drive yeah, I think yeah, I missed. I, I don't. I don't. I am starting to get the sense that I'm not a cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have missed quite a few. I am going to try to do Oppenheimer this weekend. We'll see. We'll see if we get that. You do Barbie. I'll do Oppenheimer, and we can compare notes yeah. and see what happens. I would love to do the Barbenheimer thing, but it's, too, may- it's a lot, man. Well, Did
0: you guys see the new Blade Runner or the, the recent remake? Yeah, or 2049. He, he, was one. he was in that one. No, he was in that.
1: He was good in it. No, I think it's quicker to list the things that I have seen which is (laughs) Star Wars (laughs) I saw Star Wars yeah I did see that that was good too what about you Funchy what do you got going this weekend I don't know my wife's gonna be out of town so I do okay so this is a good topic yeah when you get the out of town yeah you know your significant other is out of town and you're left to your own devices do you do the things that she typically is not interested in doing? Or do you, you know, I'm going to post up on the couch here and do nothing for That's a That's
0: mostly days. me. Going to just sit on a couch yeah. and do nothing and try, probably find something to binge watch, you know, a new show or. Barbenheimer? And- if I can get it for free, yeah, sure. <laughs> is that enough? Without going to the movie theater. Yeah, I was going to yeah. yeah, say <laughs> that. <laughs> Without going to the movie theater, I'd yeah. watch it. Yeah. Are you not a movie theater guy? You I- just don't want to spend the money. You know what? I've been back to the movie theater one time since the pandemic. Top Gun. No, it was Thor. Okay. Yeah. R- but, no. The, 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 newest the newest one. one. Oh, yeah, the, the newest one. Yeah. That was. Love that was. The, yeah. That was it.
1: But when you have the house to yourself, do you do nothing? Do you like plan an event that she wouldn't want to do? What do you do? I, I never want to plan an event. <laughs> I, what I often do,
2: though, it depends on if she, if she is out of town, my wife with my daughter. Yeah. Because if my if it's me with my daughter. Now you got to be dad. Right. I mean yeah. I'm still on parent duty. Sure. So just th- you. If it's just me? Yeah. I often look to see what my friends are up to just because it can be difficult for our schedules to align. Like one of the big differences to, between me and my wife is I have many more friends that have kids okay. than she has. Like most of her friends either don't have kids like from her work and they just they don't. Or, like, a couple of them have kids who are already grown, stuff like that. She always is
1: like, I, you need to see your friends more. Like, you need to get... I'm like, when? Like, it's really difficult. Are you offering to watch the house for the weekend? <laughs> well, listen, I'll, I'll go to Palm Springs with the guys and right. sure. out. but out. Yeah. Even, but even if I get that weekend off, we got to assemble it
2: so they can all get the weekend yeah. off, too. Like, it's, just, it's difficult. They all live in different parts of L.A. Like, it is much more difficult for me to assemble my crew than it was...
1: When I was in my thirties, it's impossible. Yeah, it's if you can find one, that's a huge win. If you find more than one, it's like the Fourth of July. Like
2: one group of friends, one group of my friends, we've gotten together twice, like in the last four months. That's like a banner calendar. Yeah, that's that's
1: a couple of years worth of of get-togethers. What about you, Brian? What do you got going?
0: Uh, nothing really planned. We, Me and my girl, we're looking at uh, tickets for this weekend for Barbie. Barbie? and uh, Barbenheimer or just Barbie? Uh, probably just Barbie. Okay. But uh, a lot of the movie theaters are. You are you going reluctantly
1: or are you going willingly?
0: Kind of willingly. Okay. I, I do kind of want to see this. I just found out. I didn't know that Will Ferrell was actually yeah. in a movie. Will like, Ferrell's in Barbie? Yeah, yeah he, yeah, he looks like the, he's the head
1: of Mattel. Right, right. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> so that right <laughs> that there tracks. has already got
0: me. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah.
2: Everybody is in this movie. Like, Oppenheimer, between Oppenheimer and Barbie- like, if you are not in this movie, you're not working as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> like, just you are not names. in demand at all. If you, are, Maybe Harrison Ford or Tom Cruise, because they just yeah. had big movies come out, they're the exception. Otherwise, you're just not in demand.
1: I, I don't get this sense very often. I'm not a FOMO guy okay it's just it's just not a gear that i have but there's a little bit of the barbenheimer thing that i would like to experience so hyped yeah it yeah. is it, and at a like like andy you've said it a couple of times i understand it's not for me but i would like to be a part of the zeitgeist well, at least a little bit
2: the movie that i think is really benefiting from this is oppenheimer because i think barbie was going to have a ton of hype regardless oppenheimer I think was going to be very high profile. It's Christopher Nolan. It's a a really big cast. Yeah, Yeah. Matt Damon. There's a lot of really good actors in it. But there's still like a seriousness that needs to be overcome with Oppenheimer. Linking it up with Barbie is like a stroke of genius.
1: I think for everybody involved, like it's great for the industry what's first what do you, if you're do, if you're taking them both down is there an order that's better than the you got to end with the up you you can't end with nuclear annihilation yeah in a perfect that's, that's, world it feels like a down
2: in a perfect world Oppenheimer's the very serious meal Barbie's the dessert yes but it it's difficult to carve out six hours perfectly it won't be. Happen-
1: I, I I'm. I'm going to do Oppenheimer. I'm. I'm. I'm telling myself that it's going to happen, and that means I've got like a 20% chance of actually getting it done. But it'd be
2: good for you, like you. You know, Emily's seen them
1: both. Oh look, she's coming in as both Siskel and Ebert.
0: She's, <laughs> Two she's, thumbs up already. Yeah, yeah, she's she's
1: coming in. I the Barbie thing. I, I bet you she's already seen it, right? So she's on the East Coast. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. If she didn't see it last night in a midnight showing, she's probably first in line this morning. She's probably. You think she
0: wore pink too? You know
1: what? I'm gonna I'm gonna text her and see if she's seen it yet. We'll we'll have an update on. But will that she
2: have opinions on it?
1: Eh, you know with emily you never know no she's very wishy-washy mm-hmm. she's very good at just letting things go mm-hmm. just especially the little things yes the things that most of us don't notice she just kind of emily's motto by. is
2: don't sweat the small stuff
1: <laughs> exactly exactly all right Show today the Travis Lee show is teamed up with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your office. You're going to want to listen today during the Waba Grill lunch hour on 710 for the cue to call and you could be the Waba Grill workplace of the week. That's today on 710 thanks to Waba Grill. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Talk a little Dodger baseball and the secret most important player they have heading into the final 2 months of the season. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee 710 ESPN.
2: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Mailman Matt on Twitter, Andy, uh, says, Trav, you've seen Remember the Titans as well. I, yes, I saw Remember the I've seen movies. I just <laughs> haven't seen a lot of more recent movies. Well, Ryan Gosling, though,
2: is in Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. He's Sunshine, the quarterback with the long hair. I forgot about that. No, no, no he's no, not, he's Sunshine. not, he's Sunshine. not Sunshine. He's not yeah.
1: Sunshine. He's on the team. He's, he's on, on the a team though. already. Sorry. He uh, kind of uh, has like a background
2: Kip, part. Kip Pardue is Sunshine.
1: Kip Pardue. Yeah, Sunshine's a great character. Yes. But not Ryan Gosling. He had a very
2: small moment, Kip I, Pardue.
1: I believe I also saw him in the uh, Mickey Mouse Club with Ryan Gosling, yes. Britney Spears, and Timberlake. I don't know if they- were Yes, they believe. were. They were not all, I think, at the same time. Were they
0: with Annette Funicello? <laughs> no, they were not
2: with Annette. Funicello. There's also a story
0: about him that he was also a, going to be a member of In Gosling was. Yeah, he's that good of a singer and a dancer.
1: Hmm. It's like you know what? I don't like guys like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like I like. I'm okay with you having a talent. That's really like if you're really good at something. I dig that. I'm impressed by that. I think that's really neat but if you can do that in like four different things and especially if they're like randomly different things like if you can sing and dance those feel like they're at least cousins to me that 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 works out but if you can sing and dance and build a deck like why well, you shouldn't be able to do both of those things you're not there. a fan of hyphenates <laughs> no i'm not i'm not a hyphenate fan <laughs> They're just – I like one thing, please. Oh, they are. They're, they're gauche. They're showy. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're be- they think they're better than me because they are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, that's how it goes. All right. So we saw Julio get clubbed around on Wednesday morning here, afternoon in Baltimore. He's been pretty lousy this year. He's been okay at Dodger Stadium and pretty lousy everywhere else. Kershaw's down. Kershaw is you know, going to come back. He threw the other day in a, in a session, and apparently everything looked pretty good. If Clayton Kershaw comes back, he's going to be Clayton Kershaw. He'll pitch well most of the time, and I think you can kind of take that to the bank. Everyone else on that team, Bobby Miller, Tony Gonsolin, Emmett Sheehan, whoever else, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove, whoever you want to throw in there, it's kind of a shrug your shoulder. I don't know what you're going to get. It could be good. It could not be good. Does that not make Julio the most important guy on this team? Because you know what you're going to get from from Kershaw. You you know what you get for probably better or worse and the other guys in the rotation. If they're going to really make a run, because they're going to pick somebody up, but I don't think it's going to be a star player. I don't think it's going to be a guy that's like, hey, is this the best pitcher on your team? You're not getting that guy. Julio has to pitch, with not just for the Dodgers to make a run through October, But so he could go get his own bag. It's like it's a twofer. He's costing himself money every time he goes out there. Yeah, I mean, it probably is Urias just
2: because there's nobody else on the team with the best combination of established commodity and upside. Mm -hmm. Like Julio's upside is higher than Tony Gonsolin's upside. No doubt. And maybe if you think Bobby Miller, the way he's pitching this year, his upside is higher than Urias. He's still not an established commodity. So there's nobody who is the better combination of established and upside who's available. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Dustin May is not an option. Walker Bueller likely not an option. It's Urias. As far as the idea of him pitching for his own bag, what I think is interesting about that is, A, is that becoming a pressure for him in a contract year, especially knowing that he's part of a team right now that is rumored not to be interested in bringing him back. Yes. And they're the only team he's ever played for. He's a, that he won the World Series with. Not just won the World Series with, he was he's considered, one of, <laughs> he's considered one of the World Series heroes. Yes. Through the last pitch of yes. that World Series for the Dodgers. Yes. He is rumored not to be part of their plans because they have already earmarked his replacement in Otani. So there's a pressure that comes with that. There's also, though... A real potential irony, if he's the guy that they end up leaning on, the guy that they're already semi-kicking out the door. Like,
1: that's just really fascinating in and of itself. It it is, but it's also true. Because if he's bad, if, if he pitches like he's pitched this season, which is, you know, one good one, one terrible one, and one somewhere in between those things. Dodgers aren't going anywhere because whoever they go out and get, and, and the name that you're hearing a lot of, and I'm just using him as an example, not necessarily this specific guy, but a player like this guy, a guy like Lucas Diolito from mm-hmm. the White Sox. He's a good major league pitcher. He's not a, you know, a, a one on this team. He's he might be the two by default, but he's a guy that's going to pitch some innings. He can win you some games, and he's going to be a guy. If Julio is bad, they're they're dead before they even start. You you can't ham and egg a playoff series over and over you might be able to get through a day you might be able to get through a series but if it's Clayton Kershaw and we'll figure it out on the fly after that it's not good enough
2: no it's I mean teams don't win a world series they don't even make deep playoff runs if that's your setup unless the bats really wake I mean mm-hmm. the bats have to go nuts where a- you are against just
1: excellent pitching right. in the opposition right. for a-, a
2: month again that's not how baseball works so yeah, it is Urias which again is really interesting because he does not seem to be pitching for his future with the Dodgers. He might be pitching for his future in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be in the league next year, but just how much, right? How money. lucrative is his future? Somebody in the gives it to him, right? Let,
1: let let's say that this this continues to the end of the line. He's kind of all over the map. One he's had games where it's like, "Oh, there it is. That's Julio. That's the guy, you know, two runs, seven innings, 10 strike Julio and then there's what he did in Baltimore or what he did in Pittsburgh or Chicago where he's just gotten hammered and it just doesn't look right at all. Somebody out there is going, give him the bag. It's the only, And I'll use them as an example because they're the perfect example. The, the only way the Angels get a guy like that is to overpay for a long period of time when a guy's coming off a season where everybody else goes, hey, hold on a second, what's going on over there? That's how they get a player like that.
2: Yeah, it is. And it, I'm just looking right now, like, what must be going through his head this season? <laughs> like, this has to be a really difficult season for Urias because, I mean, there were there were reports last year that he was unhappy feeling like the Dodgers weren't committed to him, like, you know, that they... And he has a point. Like, they were promoting... He's got a good point. <laughs> they were promoting other guys... Yes. ...more than they were promoting him. And then again, all we've heard this year... Is that the Dodgers are, to some degree, holding their powder because they want Otani. They want to make sure everything lines up perfectly for Otani. Whether you're talking about the players on the roster, whether you're talking about the economics, whatever. Otani is his replacement. <laughs> if he's out the door, Otani like nobody is replaced more by Otani than Urias. And look, maybe you keep both
1: possibly you could it's not impossible okay can i make a case that it, it, it's a weird case but follow me on this his struggles actually improve the dodgers chances of keeping him that 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 him being something other than the hottest commodity on the market at the end of the season not named shohei otani right put otani in a he's a category one of one if you're just going into free agency this year and you're looking for a free agent pitcher that has had success at the highest level – Julio Rios is a good choice, but he's also coming off of a season that's not great. So maybe there's a little bit of hesitation for some of these teams that might have gone over the top to get him done. The Dodgers can sell him on the – you know what – and. Apologies too strong of a word, but you know what? You're right. You have some points on some of the things we've done marketing-wise, haven't been, and you, we're going to rectify that moving forward. You are an important part of what we're doing. You know it here. We, You know us. We know you. Why don't we continue this relationship at a beneficial price for both of us on a term that's beneficial for both Give of us? Give him an early opt-out, something all, all, like that. All of these things, that these because if he just went out and blew doors... If he just was the best left-hander that we've seen come on the market in, in a while, there'd be a line at Dodger Stadium on the last day of the season trying to sign him. I there, there will be a line today, but it's a shorter line than it was a couple of months ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, A, because there's an argument to be made that if you're going to bother spending that much money on Otani, assuming the Dodgers get him, and we know whoever gets him will be spending <laughs> a lot of money because that's what it's going to take. Once you're making that type of investment, you might as well invest enough that you don't lose. Because the worst thing you can do is pay that type of money for Otani and feel like you don't have anything to show for it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one part of it. The other thing, too, is it may be as simple as Urias is just having a bad season. Like, really good players have bad seasons, and you could argue that the Dodgers have let guys go that would have been really beneficial to keep around. You know, Cody Bellinger is playing very well
1: this year. He's having a great
2: year. He was terrible down the stretch with the Dodgers. I'm not saying they gave up on him too early or anything like that, but there's a possibility
1: that they were too smart for their own good, like too sensible, pragmatic for their own good. I want to talk about the the sensibility, the pragmatism that they they have, and and I want to throw another word in there. The discipline that the Dodgers exhibit – When it comes time to negotiate with their own free agents, with other free agents, with other teams trying to negotiate a deal, the the thing that I've said to Al a million times, very, very rarely do the Dodgers make a bad deal. Sometimes it doesn't work. Noah Syndergaard didn't work, but it wasn't a catastrophically bad deal. right? They make very shrewd movers. They're very, very disciplined. Does it also prevent them from maybe being the best version of they could more often? We'll do that when we come back. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: See app for details.
1: Got an Ask Andy coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. If you want to send him, you can send them to me at Travis Rogers. Of course, you can call on the phone as well. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. And people have done a good job today, Andy. We're, we're, we're in a pretty yeah, good spot. Yeah, I like some of these. You have you gone through them? I, yeah, I have. It's hard. It's hard for me to do this
2: job because you have to monitor Twitter and not see hashtags directly about
1: me. It's hard to miss them. I gotta be honest. It is. I. I, I you know what? I, you know what I need to do a better job of. I need to do a better job of it, you and I share a lot of sensibilities. So it, it's a little bit easier for me to do it with you than it is for Al. That I, I do the ones that I think are funny. And Al looks at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it just, I need to find ones that are more Al specific. I need more Anthony Peeler and uh <laughs> Vladi ask Slees. And then I think we'll be we'll be back in the groove. Well, oh, you, you should get one of them to ask Slee a question. Okay, if you, you, could get- you you, will be useful in this scenario. Can you help me facilitate Let
2: me that? me think about this. But, like, if you could get some 90s Laker to ask Slee a
1: question, that would make his lifetime. What do you guys think would make a bigger impact? Like, if we got Vlade or Anthony Peeler or Nick Van Exel to ask one of those questions, or Woj? Because he's got a thing for Woj that's Cedric pretty— Svalis. Okay. Yes. Bigger than Woj. The answer is the '90s Lakers because yeah.
2: Woj is. I mo- don't know. Well, okay, no. I don't know exactly how old Allen is. Nick Van Exel Th- is about forty. Okay, Woj is not going to take Slee back to his childhood. <laughs> Anthony Peeler, Cedric Sabalas will. That's the difference. Nick Van Exel,
1: Eddie Jones. Yes. yes. Eddie Eddie Jones is the answer. By the way, yeah. I think that was his guy.
2: By the way, with Eddie Jones, that dude do- you cannot underestimate. Or overestimate how popular he was with fans. I still hear from Laker fans that are mad about the team trading Eddie Jones. <laughs> Seriously.
1: Like they, I, I, I remember. I remember Eddie Jones on the Lakers. I remember him being a good player, but I and Fan. you're right. I remember there was a connection with fans like that why i don't remember the why component of it he was a really good player yeah um
2: he was fun to watch he played on both sides of the ball he had charisma he was young in retrospect he could have played with kobe you could have had kobe at the three he would have worked in the triangle and glenn rice who they traded eddie jones for was not popular with the fans
0: at
1: all who who was your guy? Like, if you did, if he walked in the room right now, you'd just be like, "Really? Like, this is cool. I can't believe that he's here right now." One
2: Stanislav Medvedenko. Oh, your
1: Slava Medvedenko Slava. guy. Love
2: Slava. Okay. Or Von Wafer. Von but Wafer are, walks through the door. You were
1: working as a person when yes. Slava was on the Lakers. You yes. were an adult. Who's the childhood? Like, I can't believe I'm with this person right now. Well, oh, it wouldn't be a Laker because that's growing great. growing no, up no, in me, St. Me Louis. me neither. Well, that's not true. Maybe Magic would do that. Um.
2: Willie McGee walking through the door would be Perfect. pretty awesome. Did he have Ta- the
1: double ear flap helmet when he came through the door? <laughs> I don't think he ever took it off.
2: <laughs> Jose Okendo, oh, yeah. Sikahima, the uh, kick Cardinal. returner for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Neil Lomax walking the quarterback, through. Quarterback? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, Lawrence Taylor would be a big one. Chris Dolman from the Vikings. You're a closet Vikings fan? Well, when the Cardinals left St. Louis, I was angry, and I looked to adopt a team for myself. And the Vikings in the 80s, A, had a lot of defensive players I liked, and I played defense in in high school. Okay. And it was Minnesota, Prince. They were a purple team. You're a Prince guy. Yeah, 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 so it, it felt perfect in the
1: moment. Who is it for you, Funch, that if he just walked in here, you'd be, like, stupid struck, like, I can't believe he's here? Charles Barkley
0: that's a good one charles barkley definitely. that's a good one definitely. that was your guy as a kid that was my guy yes and scotty pippen too pippen too pippen too. yeah even even more than even, jordan after you watched the last dance yeah yeah <laughs>
1: that didn't yeah. change did did you like jordan less after that
0: um i mean i've heard more stories so yeah. i mean uh, that we can't talk about obviously sure but yeah but i mean yeah i still love jordan
1: what about you brian
0: oh Shaq. Shaq. all day
1: love to meet him fernando baby that's the answer. That's a good one there. If Fernando came in here I'd be what, what, what? Yeah, I saw you with Oral. You was were... just going and that was close. He's number 2. Right? He's number 2 behind Fernando mm-hmm. and it's one it, he's not number 2. Let me rephrase. He's 1A. That that Fernando is 1 and Hershiser is 1A. You know what's funny is in this job we meet by definition a lot of really great athletes,
2: like Hall of Fame athletes, whether in in their playing days and you know this, these are one of the guys. Or guys who've retired, been in the Hall of Fame, whatever. And you get, to some degree, you get used to it. Sure. Like it's just, this is part of the job. There are two times where I remember being legitimately like, holy crap, I'm in the vicinity of blank. And they both, I believe, involved the Espies or the Espies party. Okay. One of them was at an Espies party. I was maybe 15 feet from Hank Aaron. Wow. And that was like, Oh my God. That's, that's great. That's Hank Aaron. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my. And then another time, I was doing something for ESPN the magazine uh, at the ESP's red carpet, and Ali was there for something. No kidding. And I requested him, didn't get him. And I realized in retrospect, it's good that I didn't get him because the person next to me did get Ali. So Ali was standing next to me, like essentially across next to me. Yeah answering this other person's questions, I realized at that moment, I'm not sure I could have asked him anything. I, it was <laughs> overwhelming to be that close to Muhammad Ali.
1: There's there's guys, and Ali is probably the ultimate answer of this. I, I don't know if there's one larger than Ali. It was legitimately starstruck, sure. overwhelming. Oh, my God. And and I was never in his presence, but I would imagine he has what I'm about to describe because there's there are two guys, and it has nothing to do... It, it has everything to do with how successful they are, but it goes beyond that. It's that they have this thing that radiates out from them that even if you didn't know anything about sports at all, you'd be like, I don't know what's going on, but that that's somebody that is kind of putting some out in the universe that no one else is able to do, and I've had it twice. One of them is not going to be a big surprise, I don't think, was Gretzky. That, oh, yeah. that, that was it's and, and I'm a hockey fan but I'm not like a crazy hockey fan like that but I met him and it's like this is bananas that the room kind of like vibrates when he comes into it He just has this unbelievable presence the other one that was like that and again not a huge fan of the sport but just he came in you're like wait this is different was Agassiz. Oh, for sure. A- A- Agassi had this unbelievable presence when he came in that had nothing to do that he won Wimbledon or I don't even know if he did win. I think he did, but it was just oh my God, that's Andre Agassi. Did he still have the hair? He he, he no, it was bald Agassi. Okay. it was the the bald the older version, the, okay. the comeback version of Agassi, and it was you got to be kidding me. And and Agassi and 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 Gretzky wild. It ain't Ali. Like, th- th- that's a whole nother level. But Well, I was going to say,
2: the four people that just got named, Hank Aaron, Muhammad Ali, Wayne Gretzky, and Agassi, they were all more than just their sports in yeah. different ways. Like, Wayne Gretzky is a Canadian icon. Like, I mean, like, Wayne Gretzky is Canada. Like, the yeah. entire country yeah. takes exceptional pride in him. Like, Agassi was a cultural icon Ali and Hank Aaron were both civil rights activists and like bigger than their sport like you know Muhammad Ali sacrificed the prime of his career taking a stance like these are all four guys that were in different ways all bigger than their sport.
1: Yeah it, it's I'd love to hear from other people that have had a chance to kind of it, through luck or through just you know you knew somebody or whatever I, I love hearing those stories 877 Three seven seven six. All right, let's go back to the Dodgers for a second, and and kind of talking about the discipline that they show. We're getting close to the deadline. We've got what is it? We got ten days until the the trade deadline is here, and the Dodgers have been really good at this. Is what we think player X is valued at. We're not going beyond that. And, and it's both the trade deadline guys. It's their own guys. Corey Seager. You and I were talking about this earlier. They had a value on him, and it's not so much a dollar value, it's a term issue that we'll give you X years at high dollar, but we're not going beyond year five or year six or whatever it may have been. And then the Rangers are like, well, we'll give you 10. The Dodgers don't do that, just give it to them. We we need the first five or six. And I get it that I'm sure in years seven through 10 in Texas, the Rangers are like, we got a very expensive player who's not what he used to be. That's just sports. The Dodgers never go there. But at what expense? Like, what what are you missing in the short that you're protecting with the long? A lot. I mean, in the answer for Corey Seager specifically,
2: it's a lot. Because they have not been able to lock down that position since Seager left. Like, yeah, they replaced him with Trey Turner. Trey Turner's great. They didn't keep him. Yeah. And and in the end, it doesn't even matter why they didn't keep him. I don't think the Dodgers were necessarily at fault unless – maybe they didn't do enough homework to figure out ahead of time, can we actually keep the guy? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, they didn't keep him. They had Gavin Lux earmarked to take over from there, and Lux, A, got hurt, which isn't the Dodgers' fault. Bad but, luck. but B, Lux is not an established commodity. No. Like, he's not. Like, you can believe in his upside, but he has not proven himself yet, or even close to being an established, high-end, major league baseball player. You can make a really strong argument that they should have just given Corey Seager the bag and worry about the bad parts later because Corey Seager's presence, he's good enough that he could Corey be the Corey Seager is
1: probably the MVP if Shohei Otani doesn't exist. Right. He's, he's having that kind of season. Right. And
2: he is good enough to be the potential difference between winning a World Series and not. And in the meantime, they have not been able to
1: f- fill this That's hole the thing. at a really important position. Which brings you to the trade deadline. That let's use Lucas Giolito as an example. There was a report today that the the Dodgers have been in on him reportedly for a while. That that's one of the targets that they have moving forward. But that the Diamondbacks are now in on him as well. And it's going to come down to whatever the White Sox like more, that's the that's the team that's going to get him. The Dodgers have him valued at X. And the White Sox hit him back and say, listen, that's fine, but it's going to take more Traditionally, the Dodgers go, no, we're out. We'll just go with what we have. We're not overpaying for that. Whereas traditionally, other teams are like, just give it to him. Just get it done. Just get him in here and let's see what happens. With this team in particular, they're, it's as incomplete of a team as they've had in, in a few years. There, there are obvious glaring holes. Starting pitching, relief pitching, right-handed bat. They need some help. Do they, do they break the rule? Do they say, you know what, here's that extra prospect that you got to have because we need Lucas Giolito because we cannot just punt on a season hoping that next year we'll be better with Otani and everything well, else. We it, have to try to do this. Here's the
2: thing. You cannot avoid – you cannot have the appearance of punting this season for Otani and keeping everything in line for him, and then you don't get him. Right. For whatever reason, if you don't get Otani – and it seems like you punted this season for the sake of having everything lined up for
1: Otani. Fans are going to be mad, and I don't blame them. I no, not at all. And look, even if you do get him, you, you still can't punt on the season, right? Like he, I, the, the, he doesn't come is the ultimate disaster. But they're good, and they have a they're they're a different type of good this year than they've been in a while, which is. It's not just, hey, look, we're 111. We are just overflowing with talent. We're just going to steamroll you because we got better players. They still have better players than a lot of teams, but there's holes. They have this grittiness. They have this ability to kind of find it on the fly that they typically have not been able to do. They've just been better than everybody else. I would hate the idea of just punting on a season because I can't give you prospect X that may or may not ever be a player. To try to rent a player like Gialito. Well, okay, you tell me because you follow
2: baseball closer than I do. Is it a soft year in the National League in yes, general? Yes, for sure. There's one team that you look at and go, those guys are low. Atlanta, it's Atlanta. That's it. Cause that can be as much of an explanation as anything. Like the softness of the National League can allow them to grit their way through some of these games. So you have to ask yourself if the Dodgers, if you're the Dodgers, how good are we really? And the answer may be, not great in the grand scheme of things, but good enough for this year. And the championship's the championship. Exactly. As long as you think, if you get out of the National League, we are good enough to beat an American League team, whoever comes out of it, or just good enough that it's a dice roll. Right. Like, you need to be
1: good enough for that year. You know what team you're describing? The 88 team that won the World Series. They had a pitcher that was out of his mind. (laughs) That Hershiser, you know, no one was going to touch him. The rest of that team, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. It, it, it literally was just okay, but they had Hershiser, and they rode him and they won the World Series. That's yeah. exactly what you got to be good
2: enough for the year that you're in. Sometimes there are great teams that just happen to be playing in a season where there's five or six other great
1: teams and for whatever reason, you don't break through. Ask Andy coming up next. Go ahead and give that phone call 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Andy's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Andy, we're going to start with the one that is clearly the most important topic to the uh, Trav and Sleek community and the circle of trust at large and everybody else here at 710. This is from Raider Rubin who writes, what does Trav have to do to prove to you that he's the undisputed chugging champ of ESPN LA and that there is no conspiracy? Okay, first of all, <laughs> I have never disputed that you're the best.
2: Because remember, the, the first one, that we had at the mandy's i didn't dispute that you won right i said that the spillage on my part has been exaggerated overstated wildly (laughs) exaggerated i have never disputed that you won (laughs) the second one that we had at the softball game again i have not declared myself the winner at all i've never tried to say that what i am saying though is there's been a lot of video editing a lot of a lot of work by the station seemingly to present you as this unbeatable force. Yes, I see you Carlo with your arms out. People have pointed out on Twitter, many don't people let him bully are saying you, Carlo, don't let them Many people do it. are saying Carlo that the video of the chug contest put out there by social was highly edited and people want to know why. Looks and then in the meantime, me. and then in the meantime, and this by the way is not accusing Travis of anything untoward even though a lot of people have pointed out there was spillage in the second contest at the softball game and i actually asked travis about the spillage travis said of this stain on my sh- on his shirt yes that was not there before the contest began there afterwards when i said is that
1: sweat he goes yeah and that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> i played golf yesterday afternoon and, like, two holes in, my shirt had this giant sweatering on it. I almost sent it to
2: you. <laughs> like, see, this is what happened. But the softball chugging contest, and again, this is not particular to Travis. This is for everybody. It was a contest with cups that you can't see through. That's actually bad planning by the station that doesn't put Travis in cahoots, but it does make it easier to keep Travis on this pedestal because when Travis tossed his cup... Nobody could see whether or not he had finished oh, it. Oh, it was empty.
1: There, you could see, because when I tossed it up, nothing came out of the cup. Well, a lot if you, had fallen out if, if you th- while you were drinking. No, that's not true either. If you had thrown a cup that had beer in it, it would go everywhere. It would have landed on you, even if you were a couple of Well, they of probably years edited over. it out. <laughs> when you said the the station, I thought you could say the state. The deep state had started to. <laughs> the deep station? <laughs> the deep station. The deep station. Was in on this with Again, you. Again, many people are saying this, right? Many people have been saying. That's true. This is from Jacob. Jacob writes, do you prefer your T-shirt to have a design on the front or the back? front I feel like you age out of
2: design on the back when you're about 27 okay. 28 like the older you get I think the less you can pull off design on the back you just start you I don't know what it is I have a couple shirts with designs on the back but I didn't go out of my way to get the one on the
1: back They just happen to be that way. You have a Ron Burgundy shirt with a a burgundy silhouette kind of on your your chest. There's
2: a small, small
1: thing on the back
2: that just says, like, Ron Burgundy legend. Anchorman 2. Yes. Legend of Ron Burgundy. My wife, uh, she works
1: in TV and movie advertising. They worked on that movie. Okay, She got this as swag. She gave it to me. The difference is, and this may be related to our chugging thing, believe it or not, as a man of a certain carriage, as a North American cut man, (laughs) logos that are on my chest are very hot, right? Like, if if, if if it's not a really high quality t-shirt, it creates a sweat issue. That's why hmm. I prefer very few things on the front of my shirt. But do you want them on the back? Uh, if, if I had a choice, I'd rather have it on the back. Interesting. I'd rather be sweaty on my back than on my chest. It is it
2: is more unseemly to
1: have it, <laughs> it on the back. Yeah, front. the back, it's, I, can, I can conceal that a little more effectively, or at least if we're just looking well, at each other. Well, more often people are gonna be seeing your front than your back. <laughs> True true all right daniel tapia why did we not appreciate william zabka more as the token 80s bad guy in teen movies is he the goat of 80s teen bad guys first of all i don't know who the hell we is
0: like not appreciating
2: nobody in this room no i think plenty of people have appreciated william (laughs) zabka many
1: people have said many people have said he
2: is he is the goat of 80s teen bad guys there's no question he had the perfect look blonde blue-eyed very waspy he had like a handsome but punchable face Yeah, and he had charisma he had had,
1: any but it was very thinly concealing insecurity oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i mean he
2: he could get set off by anything like he was a bully but he was not necessarily cool like he was with the cool crowd but i think a lot of them were just like you know what he's great to have our back like if a fight starts something jumps off we want to have him here and handsome and handsome some uh runner-ups are some people okay. that I think deserve consideration. James Spader was a oh, great terrific. Teen, the worst bad the guy. worst great excellent heel and pretty and pink, He you was know, the uber snob wearing the sport coat, sunglasses every smoking in the hallway. Less less than zero. It's not a true teen movie, but the characters were all on in their teens. James Spader forces Robert Downey Jr to sell his body to pay off a drug debt, like that's pretty awful. I think we can all agree. But He did it with the slicked back hair, like a certain amount of reasonableness to it. The haircut and the car are going to tell you who the bad guy is in the movie. Yes. Not a teen himself, I believe, in this movie, but a great bad guy in a teen movie, Bill Paxton in Weird Science. Oh, Chet! <laughs> Chet! Chet Chet's amazing. He's great. He's probably not a teen himself at that he's point. Bill Paxton Closing in on
0: thirty, frankly.
2: But so great as Chet! Oh
0: my god, I felt so bad when he, for him when he, what happened at the end when he became a monster. Kelly LeBrock turned yeah. into a blob. Yeah.
1: Hey guys. Straight <laughs> rip off of Job of the Hutt. It's terrific. It's dude. That that's a very you know Craig Sheff is it Sheffer? Or Shefter? Oh yeah. I'm Craig forgetting. Sheffer in some kind of yes. Yes, in some kind of wonderful. He, he's he played that role in a couple of movies too. But Zabka is the goat. Yes. Zabka is the Ali of '80s teen male yes. bullies. Yeah, and he just one of the guys. Karate Kid, um, old not old school. Back to School. He was that was his. Then it all for a came full
2: circle with Cobra Kai, which he's really good in.
1: He's the only one. Yes. that is good in it. He is literally the only person in there that seems to know how to act in front of a camera. Well, the the more they've expanded it to other characters.
2: The less interesting, I think the show is.
1: Every time he's not
2: in the scene, it's
1: deep, deep, deep. Fast he's, forward he's up there's Johnny again. Legitimately, legitimately great in Cobra Kai. Animal fries, well done. Says, when was the last time you successfully blamed your blamed your brother for something you did, and would it still work in a pinch? I didn't do it a lot growing up because it just. How much wo- older are you than him? Three and a half years. Okay. It,
2: it wouldn't have been believable. When we were growing, like my parents knew who did what and 95% of the time it was me. So it just, it wasn't believable. (laughs) So I usually didn't bother. Like I, I didn't work nearly hard enough to cover my tracks when (laughs) I was a
1: kid. Because you were stupid or because you didn't give a damn?
2: More the latter. (laughs) I mean, I was stupid, but I don't think I was dumber than any other teenager. Right, right. I just, after
1: a while, I was like, I think everybody knows what the deal is. Look, here's the thing. You you're a father, so you understand. You kind of understand who your kid is pretty quickly, and there's only so much you can do to change it. Well, like they're for... they're gonna if they're an operator, they're gonna be an operator. If they're a rule follower, they're gonna be a rule follower. The, and there's you you can punish and you can nudge and you can do these things, but if one of your kids likes to play the angles, he's gonna play the angles. And Bobby. there was just certain <laughs> <laughs> there were certain
2: things that just were not believable. When I was 16 and my car reeked of cigarette smoke. Wasn't me. Well, it wasn't going to be, it's Brian who's 12 and a half. He's the one smoking <laughs> in the car. A bad scene. And I can't stop him. <laughs> I'm trying so hard and Brian just refuses to stop smoking in
1: my car. All right. One more here. Crypto Ray. We'll sprinkle some more of these in throughout the rest of the show. Crypto Ray uh, what's your go-to move when company or when you have company over and they have overstayed their welcome to me that's whenever company comes over i hate entertaining (laughs)
2: really i love going to other people's places i don't like what don't you like about it it just feels like too many people in my space (laughs) uh my wife will get super super in the zone about cleaning everything and it makes me feel like even when i'm helping that i'm not doing enough like, I always just feel like I'm getting
1: some type of side-eye that I should be doing blank. So the second I knock on your door, you invite me over to watch a game or to that's to If I invite you over, that's different. Like, they're inviting people over, and they, they say, hey, Andy, it's good to see you. You're like, yeah, hey, Trav, like, when, when are you leaving? Like well, it depends. the moment I show
2: up? Is Susan coming with you? Yes. Like,
1: oh, She's lovely. No,
2: no, she is lovely. (laughs) Susan's great. The problem is once Susan's coming over, that starts turning into people coming over. (laughs) Like if it's just Travis coming over to watch a game, whatever. My wife wife grew up in a household that very much drilled into your head. You are being judged at all times by how your home looks, and she's never been able to let that go.
1: I had one of those yeah it sucks it's always clean it's always clean look, look good no no and <laughs> look, very, our, never worried about bringing friends over it's gonna our, be perfect our house is
2: rarely in a
1: bad state and and i'd prefer look, it not being a bad is it <laughs> it's it's we, we're in a perpetual state of b minus <laughs> like that, that that our house the default setting of the rogers house is a b minus we the need house it. i grew up in was an a plus everything in its place every single day we need it to be at least a B-plus at all times or else <laughs> oh. it's just not pleasant. Nah, that doesn't happen. Unless there's company coming over, it's going to stay a B-minus. All right, never miss a moment of Trav and Slee. You can always listen to the podcast on the all-new ESPNLA app brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. A lot of new faces coming to the Lakers this season. Which one's going to have the biggest impact? That's coming up next. It's Trav and Slee, Annie in for Slee on 710 ESPN.